This is Unquote, the least contentious peanut gallery in history. I'm Cooper Powers. Hello everyone, I hope fortune smiled on you this week. This week is number 37 on AFI's top 100 movie quotes list. Released on December 20th, 1984, The Terminator was James Cameron's genre-bending action movie. Our line comes at the halfway point in the film, where the governator is on his relentless hunt for Sarah Connor. A pencil-pushing desk cop certainly won't stymie the Terminator, and, after a brief glimpse of the surrounding bulletproof glass-encased desk, he leans forward and utters, I'll be back. He proceeds to crash through the front of the building, forgoing those pesky pay-to-park spaces. Never has an Austrian accent sounded more menacing than once uttered from the mouth of a seven-time world champion bodybuilder, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I apologize if I gush at times. Mr. Schwarzenegger is a personal hero of mine. Still, how has this simple bit had such permanence through the years? I sat down with my fellow Arnie Acolyte and brother, Benjamin, to pump out some theories. Action. We got Ben Powers on the podcast, guys. This is my dear, dear older brother. How you doing, Ben? Doing good, doing good. Sleeping off the gin from last night, you know, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it's uh, we we call them we call those uh, really cheap daiquiris in Mississippi. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're feeling up for it. The movie is The Terminator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Michael Bean. Um, the movie place is takes place in 1984, and it was released in 1984. Are we seeing any kind of Maybe parallel George Orwellian type release date there, James Cameron. What's what's? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I think there's a couple things about the date. 1984 was not only the uh, or the release of the Terminator late in the year in December, uh, but also January saw the release of the pop hit "I Wear My Sunglasses at Night." <laughs> and I have to say, I think that uh, all of the back half scenes of the movie with the Terminator in sunglasses at night. I think are a direct result of Corey Hart and his Canadian pop sensation. <laughs> that guy was a visionary. Oh, boy. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> and the line in question is, I'll be back. Spoken by seven-time Mr. Olympia champion, our cousin-in-law's dear, dear idol, <laughs> Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. Indeed, yes. And, and I thought it was very interesting that the line – uh, it, it occurred almost exactly one hour into the film. Interesting. Right, right at the one hour mark, bam, they knew the gravity of that line and the <laughs> delivery. Uh, I think I, I would imagine that everybody probably crapped their pants uh, when that was filmed. I would imagine it was done with one take and uh, the camera uh, was melting uh, by the time <laughs> it was done. It was the sunglasses, Corey Hart influence bleeding through. Um, I, uh, I have a bit of trivia for you. Okay, hit me. Did you know that the line almost didn't come to fruition because at the time, Arnold was still, well, in some ways he still does, he was struggling with his <laughs> his English accent, and uh, he couldn't pronounce the, the word I'll, I apostrophe L-L. He talked to James Cameron and uh... wanted, to, wanted to put it as I will be back. But James Cameron said, no, tough it out, Arnie. You got this. And sure enough, he toughed it out. I'll be back. That's the line. Classic. Yeah, of course it's on AFI's list. I mean, yeah. it's it, maybe one of the most quoted movie lines in history just because of its cheesy, you know, just people leaving a room, people, you know, I'll be back, you know, just so, so terrible. How many times have I said it myself? Way more than I should be allowed, I know for a fact. 
And you, you've actually gone as the Terminator for Halloween one time. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it I looked did. awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty good costume. I have to say it. I'm, I'm quite sure that I'll Be Back was uttered in various states of drunkenness over the course <laughs> of that night. But yeah, I, the, the movie itself, uh, while great, very much a product of its time. Uh, I don't think it's as timeless as its successor. I think T2 is a much better film mm, overall. I but agree. This, this definitely made me want to go and, and watch Terminator 2 again just to see. <laughs> just to uh, build the hype. Uh, just to re- build the hype. Retroactive hype building. Is that a term? Can we make that a thing? It is now in existence, and we will use that. But, yeah, what were your thoughts on, on just the delivery and, and how it where it resided in the movie and why it came to be such a sticky phrase that everybody just loved? Why is it so quotable? I was thinking about this, and maybe it's coming from the fact that maybe so bad it's good type deal because James Cameron's dialogue across his body of work is um has been shoddy to say the least. Um, but see, that's that's the crazy thing though is that he has all these big high budget films, but is it only because they've been such a visual spectacle that they that the lines have stuck? You see what I'm saying? Like you know, the man does not write uh, very good dialogue. I mean, there was a point in the movie. Uh, when the, it was right after I'll be back, it's when the Terminator starts shooting up the uh, police station. First of all, th- the number of automatic rifles just on hand in the police station. <laughs> it was the bana- 80s. It is bananas. I mean, <laughs> at Lance Henriksen and the older uh, African-American detective, they're both in, you know, 90s JCPenney garb. <laughs> you know, they're both like dress shirts, ties, pleated slacks. And as soon as something goes, like when he runs the car through the front of the building, they, both just, they both just reach off screen <laughs> and come back with with AR-15s. And they're just like, they are they are strapped and ready to go. Cock locked but, and ready to rock, dude. But, but beyond that, my favorite bit of dialogue in the film occurs when his boss gets gunned down by the Terminator. Like he steps out in the hall, unloads an entire clip into the Terminator's back. Terminator turns around, blows the older detective away, and then Lance Henriksen comes up, grabs his buddy's shoulder, just says, Ed, he goes into the hallway, (laughs) he he unloads a clip into the Terminator, Terminator obliterates him, the very next line is Kyle Reese running through the office, and he just says, Sarah, and then she comes out from under a desk, and she just goes, Kyle, so in the course of 30 seconds, it's just like, Ed, Sarah, this is great. It's so terrible if you watch it. And just, oh, and then bouncing back to the very beginning of the film, young Bill Paxton as yes. one of the punks. And Blue spikes gets, in his hair. And he gets a choice bit of uh, dialogue as well. He's like, I think this guy's a few cans short of a six-pack. Delivered in, in true Bill Paxton style. Delivered only as Bill Paxton can do. I mean, it was it was pretty much in the same tone as Game Over Man from <laughs> Aliens. I mean, he is Bill Paxton is Bill Paxton is Bill Paxton, unless he's Bill Pullman. Ooh, interesting distinction. I like that. <laughs> so Paxton couldn't have played a president facing an alien invasion is what you're saying. No, indeed. James Cameron's dialogue is terrible. I think it was the actors that he selected that had the, the schutzpah, if you will, to deliver the line with, with the gravitas that it needed, and a 6-2... You know, bodybuilding Austrian definitely falls in that category, I think. Yeah, I mean, how how crazy, just badass did he look throughout the entire film? I mean, even even wearing, like, the single chain over his shoulder and the <laughs> terrible motorcycle boots and everything, he just will forever – I mean, like, nobody else could ever play a Terminator and 
and be that. I mean, he's that's it. I mean, it's exactly. kind of like how they tried to remake Conan the Barbarian. It's not right. Burnt burn eyebrows and all. Yeah. Can we talk for a moment about one of cinema's all-time great fake Arnold heads? It's – okay. I had this as a bullet point. Please <laughs> indulge me, brother. Let me tell you. Okay, so over the course of you know 80s action movies – I think that we should hit, we should do a side episode where we rank <laughs> the quality of the prosthetic <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger cranium. Yes. Um, this this is absolutely one of my favorites, and it, it's just it's so bad you just accept it because first of all he's he, he's not a bad looking guy but he's so Neanderthal looking. <laughs> he is. You know, like, he has quite like, the pronounced brow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So the prop master is like, just double up on the brows, <laughs> you know. We don't really – it doesn't even have to look super real. We don't even have to match the lighting. You know, like everything about it takes skin you so tone. out of the skin tone. And like when it does the, the cut from him, you know, peeling his eye back to going back to the actual Arnold Schwarzenegger on set, it's so disconcerting because one, <laughs> it looks like a, uh, a dress shop mannequin that's had peanut butter smeared all over its face. <laughs> and, then, and then you're cutting back to Arnold. Who bought this? Did anybody buy this seeing this in the theater back in the day? Like, I don't think they did. It's it's disgusting in just that he's cutting his own eyeball out, but it's this really creepy maquette of Arnold Schwarzenegger that does not look real in any way, shape, or form. And, and mentioning the lighting and how it was, like, tilting back and forth on the camera, I'm pretty sure James Cameron's key grip just basically had a stick with the head on it and was just holding it <laughs> in the frame, just kind of twisting it to adjust to the lighting and stuff like yeah. that. My bullet point was, is Arnold Schwarzenegger the actor with the most full-face replica prosthetics? We I'm going to say page. I'm going to say that that is an act. That's a, not only is that a good question and one that deserves to be answered and researched fully. I'm going to say yes. I bet he is. I bet he has had more prosthetic heads <laughs> made of his body v- visage <laughs> than than any other uh, action star. I think though it is very much an '80s movie. I think it holds up. The especially the effects at the at the tail end. You can tell that that's where they spent the time. Yes, was with the Terminator robot himself. He looks. So that is such a good design. The the stop motion uh, seemed like it was missing a few frames at the end, but overall it was solid. <laughs> yeah, it's the scene when he's walking down the hallway, and they've got it. It definitely was like, come on, fellas, you, you could have doubled the frame rate, doubled the enjoyment. Right. I'm just saying, you know, we we could have gotten a little bit more there. I've always thought the movie could never be pigeonholed into one type of genre. I think Ben thought the same. I think that. This movie kind of extended beyond just a simple chase movie, which is what I viewed it as. And then it, it was genre bending in the fact that it added elements of horror and, you know, the macabre and stuff like that. Seeing all the skulls being crushed. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the concept itself was great. Uh, the time traveling aspect of it, the alternate future aspect of it, you know, I mean, granted, we would see that come to fruition in an even larger sense in Terminator 2. And then we'd see. All of that, you know, carefully constructed <laughs> just logic in shambles right out the window <laughs> with Terminator 3 going forward. Uh, I thought Michael Biehn was uh, a little – he's a little bit hammy. He's a little cheesy, you know, a little bit super uber and tight. I shouldn't have said that. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, when he's admitting his quote-unquote love for, for Sarah Connor, it just it's super cheesy, super cheesy. But it's okay. Even the way that the two characters are introduced, they both – you know, arrive in the same manner, you know, via the, the kind of lightning bolt time travel thing. Where right. Obviously, Schwarzenegger lands fine, you know, not hasn't injured himself or anything. He just kind of slowly gets up, superimposing. Yeah. He uh, and then, then, you know, a couple minutes later, uh, Kyle Reese is introduced and he just 
smacks on the pavement. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's also, while he's in super good shape, like you can tell, like dude's shredded wheat, man. He's yeah. super ripped up. <laughs> but he's like a third the size of Schwarzenegger. Just from the, the physically imposing nature of Schwarzenegger compared to Kyle Reese, you know, it really did come across as this guy, is, he's an unstoppable force. And even this dude that's, you know, militarily trained, in super good shape, it, there's nothing he can do. And that's why... Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why the line is so good is because oh, it reinforces Ar- the point. It, re- it reinforces the point. Schwarzenegger is so huge and so imposing. He's he will not be stopped, which is a line from the movie. He can't be bargained with. He can't be stopped. When he says, I'll be back, you know, some serious <laughs> is about to happen. He's coming back. He's coming back and he's coming back in a big way. Like it's not it's not going to be a half measure. He's coming back to destroy everything. So I, maybe that's what it is. I mean, it's it's such an understated line, but it has such gravity because the dude is just we, the, over the course of the entire movie, we've seen him do nothing but lay waste and not be able to be contained in any form or fashion. Then I asked him what he would choose as a replacement for the movie line. He gave me an interesting answer, one that lined up with my own. The line that I that I noticed in T one that gets repeated in T two. It, it, which is another, I think, pretty uh, iconic line from the film is when Kyle Reese picks her up off the floor of ah. one of the coolest 80s night spot names ever, Tech Noir. <laughs> Tech Noir. I mean, come on. That is that is just – I wanted to see nothing but groovy dudes dancing in shutter shades. <laughs> I just wanted to see all of, of the colors of neon markers happening at once. So when he picks her up off the ground, he says – Come with me if you want to live. Yes, that was going to be my that, as well. That was the that was the line that wins her over on following the Terminator in Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah. Know? So that so that would be would that be your replacement line for the movie for the list? You think? Probably so. And you're also forgetting about the awesome intro to Sarah Connor's scooter ride, where she pulls up and tells the uh, double hamburger boy to keep an eye on her scooter. Absolutely. Oh, Which she's, is uh, she's adorable. She is adorable, even though she looks like she's wearing the uh, the dog truck from Dumb and Dumber as a hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> man, mutt cuts, man, coming back. I'm telling you, it is that haircut as 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 good looking as Linda Hamilton is. That that haircut is feathered to within an inch of its life. It is <laughs> it is it is every flock of seagull. It is so. <laughs> I mean, it is just bad. It's really bad. I love man, love the cheesy rocking out to my. Uh, Walkman tape recorder. You uh, know. Our cords got tangled in the bathroom. Our cord, oh my goodness! And then when she's, when she's, you know, in the, like her boyfriend's getting violently murdered by the Terminator in the other. She's room. just banging out the celery. She, yeah, she's got the she's, she's playing celery drums in the kitchen, making a little sand doozle. Finally, just cold bloodedly shoots her in the back. Yeah. Oh, here's something cool that I read about this movie a while back. What you so got? So that the laser pointer on the gun is that was special made for that movie. That's not a thing that existed really? in a handheld form. There was actually – it's not wireless. It wasn't battery-powered because he didn't have battery packs strong enough to power it. So there's actually a cord running down the sleeve of his jacket, and he's wearing a battery pack to power that laser pointer on the gun. That is fascinating. Isn't that kind of cool? I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. I mean, Which it, makes it, it even more 80s, really. All the, oh, all yeah, the, totally, yeah. totally. I mean, and if you'll notice when he's buying all the guns, the shop owner says, you know, it's very new, just came out kind of thing. So, you know, when they show the Terminator vision, which is, you know, all red, kind of thermal imaging looking thing where he's right. 
constantly scanning. It's got statistics and data and all this kind of stuff, which to me would negate the need for a laser pointer. Also, <laughs> since also since he's seeing in red, how is he seeing a red laser pointer <laughs> on somebody? Think about that. Take um, notes, James. The scenes where it's first person from the Terminator's viewpoint, there's a gun barrel visible. He's walking around. Does this sound like anything to you? Do possibly, perhaps? Possibly first person shooters. Yeah. I looked it up. Wolfenstein 3D, which is the first 3D shooter, came out in 1992. And this came out in 1984. You do the math. I'm thinking that I would get, I would almost guarantee that, that that could very well be the genesis of first person shooters, or at least the, the, the idea of just how it would work, what you would see, kind of all the heads up display stuff. Because it's very much, it's very video gaming if you go yeah. back and think of it in those in that context. Ben and, and I finished, finished up by talking, talking about Arnold, the man, the myth, and his legend. He's such a ridiculous looking guy. He's so huge. He's so unbelievably built that it just it it boggles the mind. And it then does. He, and and he and he's a real person. That's why, again, that's why he's so great as the Terminator. That's why the line has so much gravity uh, because it's. I mean, it really all hinged around an Austrian bodybuilder who could barely speak English. <laughs> He, there's very precious few times in his career where he's really done anything that's going to you know, stand up to the ages. I think the Terminator is his role that will, he will be known for the most as time goes on. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Citizen Kane is <laughs> – Yes, absolutely. He's like, uh, he's like the Beatles of action movies. <laughs> so you're saying Commando is his white album? Yes, yes. Misunderstood by many – uh, chock full of some memorable hits, but you know, not one that that people would go to as their number one pick. You know, yeah. And I'm going to say that Terminator 2 is his Sergeant Pepper's, no yes. doubt about it. Little zany, little wild, but definitely uh, an all-around it's, good time. Well, his, yeah, his best, his absolute yeah. best. That's what I would say. for his time. He always keeps me in stitches. I want to thank you for listening to Unquote this week. Intro and outro music brought to you by bensound.com. High quality audio files. Transition music was provided by Easy Fortune on jamendo.com as well as Drexel University's MET Lab Robots. Great job, guys. You know what to do. Join me next week when I cover another quote from AFI's Top 100 Movie Quotes list. Until then, I'm Cooper Powers, and keep the film rolling.